Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG. I am Blake Rasmussen, your only host this week. But that doesn't matter because you're not here to see me. You're here to hear from the one and only Seb McKinnon, who is joining us live via satellite, uh, to talk about art and all things magic art, everything he's done, his inspirations, that whole thing. So welcome, Seb, to the show. Hi. Hi. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm good. And you? Good. I, I'm wonderful. Um, so we're going to be asking Seb a lot of questions, uh, but put your questions for Seb in the chat, and we'll see if we can get to them by the end of the show. Uh, we have a lot to talk about because, Seb, you've got a ton of awesome out art out, especially lately. Uh, we want to talk about individual pieces. We want to talk about uh, upcoming stuff. But how, let's start with how did you get started with magic generally? Um, well, the first, my first, um, yeah, I got into magic uh, as a kid. I think um, I must have been like around nine years old. Mm -hmm. And my parents bought us, uh, my brothers and I, I grew up with four brothers. Um, and I'm the eldest, one of them. Um, and uh, we, my parents got us these uh, booster pack of uh, classic sixth edition, I think it was. Okay. And um, it was, we were just uh, blown away by, I don't know, the, by the artwork and everything. And we didn't really know how to play the mm -hmm. game. Um, it seemed too complicated at the time. And so we just had all our own binders uh, with cards with the artwork that we liked um and that's what we did we just looked at them but then after a while you know it was only years later that uh, we actually figured out how to play <laughs> and then that was uh it was a lot of fun too doing that so that was my first kind of yeah intro to magic okay there aren't a lot of nine-year-olds out there admiring art when did you first start drawing <laughs> painting doing art whatever whatever you did as a kid yeah well i it's my mom my mom um was uh, for a time a um, graphic designer. And okay. um, I remember like uh, as a kid uh, being very young and just watching her draw. And I think that was probably the moment when I felt like, I don't know, something inside when I just to watch her draw these things. And I just felt like, oh, wow, I have to do that too. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, like uh, we, since I was a kid, I would, I would have a, you know, I had my sketchbook, I had my pencils and we'd go and I, I just draw uh, as much as I could all the time. So when I saw these art, these, you know, cards, I was, I was just really drawn to, to the artwork and tried to copy them, some of them as well. Mm. You know, we tried to copy the, the art on the cards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, did any of your brothers end up becoming artists as well? Uh, yes. Well, uh, they all have their own skill. Um, one of them is very good at uh, writing. Mm -hmm. He's a poet. He's a writer. Uh, one of them is a 3D, uh, really great 3D artist who just mm -hmm. graduated a few months ago from uh, college here. Um, and yeah, so no, the, every, everyone is really, uh, we all enjoy art and we're all kind of, you know, working. My dream is to one day all, with all of them work together on films mm. and yeah, that's the dream. Yeah, that'd be very <laughs> cool. Uh, when uh, when did you get started doing art for magic? That was oh god I, I forget the year. Well, it was M thirteen was the okay. first uh, set that I you know I uh, contributed to, 
And at the time when I got, you know, when I, I, I got an, I got an email from uh, Jeremy Jarvis mm-hmm. um, and I, I was working at Ubisoft um, okay. at the time and on the Rainbow Six franchise as a concept artist. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, I think while I was still in school, sending out my portfolio to the Wizards Art Drop um, and I didn't really expect to hear back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just out of the blue, this email from Jeremy Jarvis saying, Hey, like, would you be interested in doing some art for magic? And it was like the best news in the world. It, <laughs> it was felt very surreal, you know, to finally yeah. be able that this opportunity was given. And it was for, um, M13 and my first card was attendant night. Okay. Uh, yeah. And that, that was a, it was a huge pressure to do a good job on that one. Um, and yeah, so that was my first my first piece for Magic, and I just want to say a huge thank you to Jeremy Jarvis for giving me a shot, you know, because mm-hmm. it really did change the course of uh, my life. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so M13 was your first set. Do you have a favorite set you've worked on? Uh, yes, I I love the Innistrad setting a lot. Okay. Uh, and it's funny. The Antenna Ninth piece. I think, if I'm not missing it, around that time, or maybe a month before, uh, Innis, the first Innistrad set came out, and I felt so, um, I was so disappointed because I, I felt like, oh, I just got in, but then I missed the best set ever. You know, to, to, <laughs> so I, I yeah. didn't think we'd go back. But then when I, you know, eventually when we went back there, I was really excited, and I, um, yeah, I just love the, the the Gothic vibe and the. You know the 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 dark the darkness that mm-hmm. it, it offers. Yeah, yeah. So in Estrada, I like a lot. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah, the, at least that I contributed to. But then my uh, out of all the sets and settings, a Lorwyn for me is um, I love a lot, mm. and, and I love everything about the. You know, I, like I like um, like uh, folklore uh, that surrounds like you know fairies and all yeah. this kind of stuff. I'm really into that thing, that kind of stuff, and. That re- that set, the whole set, really stood out to me, and um, so I think out of all the sets, that's probably my favorite one. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I I really enjoyed Lorwyn. The art's very different, and it really yeah. sets it apart. So, um, yeah. now what's a what's your background? What's your training? I studied illustration and design mm-hmm. um, at Dawson College in okay. Montreal, and that's like a, a three-year technical program. Um, in Quebec, yeah, there's a system called CGEP and mm-hmm. It's like pre-university, but you can do, you know, technical programs to get you ready for the industry right away. And um, that's where, yeah, that's where I, I got a lot of my training. Okay. Are you yeah. Canadian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't, I just didn't know that. My oh, wife right. is, my wife is Canadian too. Uh, do I sound Canadian? People tell you me don't. You really don't. That's why it kind of surprised me. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. My, my wife and my uh, wife's mom are Canadian and there's just, she, most of the time, she sounds perfectly, you know, normal. Uh, she's lived here for a while, but then there are certain words like process that you hear mm-hmm. every once in a while that you're like, oh, yeah, Canadian. Yep, that's right. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, sometimes the French does come out. You know, like I, I catch myself saying things like um, development for development mm. and just development. And it's just like, yeah, it's um, anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about Canada later. Yeah. Uh, uh, Speaking of process, uh, what what is your process for creating these pieces for magic? Um, it's a really 
um, it's hard to describe, um, but I, I, I guess, okay, well, to go back, like when I was um, introduced to digital painting, mm-hmm. uh, when I was studying, I, at first I was really skeptical about digital painting. I didn't really want to do, um, you know, when they were teaching us that, I, I thought I just want to stick to my watercolors and not mm-hmm. touch this. I don't like it. But then after you know looking into it and, and and seeing what other artists were doing, especially artists like uh, Craig Mullins, you know, like I remember seeing these um, uh, process videos where he kind of takes a one of his watercolors and then scans it and then brings it into Photoshop and then starts painting on top of it, but messing up the canvas into this kind of really abstract um, thing. Mm-hmm. And that that video process kind of blew my mind and it kind of opened my eyes to the possibility of digital media. So that's how I approach usually um, my commissions. It's mm-hmm. that way. I, I start with like by messing up the canvas into this chaotic mess of uh, colors and textures and, you know, um, just making it you know, I, I'm looking for something in the chaos, and then mm-hmm. eventually something does emerge. Um, very similar to like, you know, looking at clouds and seeing shapes in the clouds, and then once the subject reveals itself to me, then that's how that's I go on with that, mm-hmm. and then I bring I bring it to the final. So that's what I usually do. Okay, that it's it's really interesting you describe it that way because a lot of um, what magic art starts with is actually an art description, and they mm-hmm. say draws this or something like this. But uh, one of our art directors, uh, Cynthia, said that you often come up with ideas that are, are totally different than the art description and, and they've made it through. And you know you, you mm-hmm. said you've done some back and forth. So how often would you say you get alternate ideas that you, you try to go a different direction from the art description? Mm, uh, I mean, it's not super often, but um, usually, um, I try, it, it only happens when I, I, I really feel some, like I said, like when something emerges from that chaos mm-hmm. and I, and like, while you're doing it, you, it's like, you kind of, you can kind of do it, but in a half conscious state. So you kind of know where you're supposed to head, mm-hmm. you know, you have to bring this art description to life, but there's, there are countless possibilities or different ways to do it. Um, so every now and then something will emerge from the chaos that doesn't fit the art description, but that I have a really strong emotional connection to. And those are the, uh, the ones that, that I usually try to push and suggest. I always, you know, I, it's their, their proposals, you know, like I'm in the end, I, I really just want to do what the art directors want me to do. And I just want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's really happy. I'm really happy when these, you know, these alternate ideas actually do get accepted and, and go through. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any examples of any alternate uh, descriptions that went through? Yeah. Well, uh, since Cynthia asked the question, um, they, I think, yeah, Force of Despair was okay. one to speak about like a, a most recent artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, I could actually pull up the art description for that if you want. Yeah, let's to. hear it. Um, so what, what Cynthia suggested was... Um, I mean, it, it, to be fair, like it, it, they were open to an abstract idea, mm-hmm. um, and uh, but what the art description said was, okay, show a human uh, that looks surprised as a hand clamps down on their shoulder from behind and pulls them backwards, and it's the hand of a zombie corpse, uh, but on that zombie's shoulder is the hand of a more rotted zombie, mm-hmm. and then a more rotted down to a skeletal hand. 
um, perhaps they're tumbling together into an open grave. So, you know, great idea as well. But then when I was, again, like working in this chaos, um, this idea with having the three figures with the knight turning into the skeleton, uh, turning to like the, the flesh and then the skeleton just kind of popped up and then um, suggested it to Cynthia. And I think there was, I had to like uh, pitch it even more because I think she was unsure at the beginning if it was going to work or not. Um, but in the end, when I, I gave the, the final and she allowed me to go with it, um, you know, she said it was, uh, you know, that she was happy that we, we went with that concept. So everyone was happy. And it's one of my favorite pieces I've done um, in, uh, yeah, most recent pieces. It's one of the, I really enjoyed that one. I remember spending, I was in the zone, you know, and I spent, <laughs> uh, like, uh, I didn't really get up from my computer for a good, like, two days. And I just kind of went, really went into it. Yeah. <laughs> So I think we've yeah. actually got the, the, one of the sketches you submitted for this. Uh, we'll pull that up. Uh, so, yeah, so this is the sketch. This is the one you posted on Twitter. Uh, at what point in the process did you submit this to Cynthia? That was, you know, what, during when um, they, I mean, there's a sketch due date. So mm -hmm. I just sent that um, on the due date. Okay. And uh, from there, she, I, if I recall correctly, I think she wrote back and she said um, there was something about the direction. She wasn't sure if the idea was going to sell because of the direction of the, the way they were facing or something. Mm -hmm. But then, um, but then after like working it through with her, then it just um, yeah, it, it went through. So <laughs> I was happy about that. <laughs> so what's um, so once you submit this sketch, what's the process from there? What getting from this to the final piece? Then it's just a matter of well, see that one. I that was that's a pretty for for me anyway. That's a pretty far advanced sketch. Um, usually when I send when I send sketches, some of them are uh, you know more rougher and all that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's because I again I was feeling such a strong emotional connection to that piece. So I tried to make the sketch extra nice and um, for Cynthia so to to make sure it was going to go through. <laughs> Um, so after that, it wasn't too bad, a, too much of a, you know, um, it's just you go in and you render and then you, you know, you, you like the sketch, if I recall correctly, I don't, I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's uh, more, um, like desaturated colors. So you boost mm -hmm. the saturation, you go in, it's just about, you know, zooming in and doing details, which for me is, is always, it's, um, it's, I think, to be honest, like the least, my least favorite part is the rendering. Okay. Is, uh, yeah, but I, I mean, I still enjoy it and it's still fun, but I, I really like more the, um, the coming up with the idea part. The know? act of, the act of creation rather than finishing it off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and leaving things like unfinished sometimes or, or more loose or more, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I think uh, we were talking before the show, I think you said you had one other example of a card that went a different direction than the, the art description. Yes. Yes, uh, that um, we were talking about eventual rebirth. Yeah, and um, that one was one again where I the mood um, was very. I knew what they like. It's funny because I, I kind of knew what they were going for, um, and but the art description, which was also very good, for some reason. Um, I was having a harder time with it, you know, to 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 bring it to life and create a sketch that was uh, that would I personally would be really happy with. Um, 
And I, that one called for like a, at, at first it was supposed to be like a, a statue, I believe, um, mm -hmm. that was like the head of a statue that was half crumbling into vines uh, with one eye in flame, something like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then again, do, working through this kind of chaotic mess, this, you know, kind of cyclical um, death, rebirth kind of thing came through. And uh, at the time, I, I was really, really inspired by Klimt as well. You know, I was looking at a lot of Klimt paintings. And um, so I, I think that's pretty obvious, like <laughs> the inspiration behind that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Well, let's, um, let's talk through some of your um, more recent art. Uh, and we'll start with someone in, in chat was just talking about Deliver Unto Evil. They, they bought your playmat. And uh, so I'm sure that they want to hear a little bit about how, how you landed on this finished piece. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for buying the playmat, whoever you are. It's really much appreciated. Um, that one was, uh, it was, it was actually uh, asked for, you know, the, the style. Yeah, they asked for kind of like a... I, I think if I remember correctly, like a, for it was going to be a big story moment mm -hmm. in 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 the the war of the spark, and so I I remember submitting two ideas. I think Don Marin was the uh, art director on that one, mm -hmm. and I submitted two ideas. One that was going to be more uh, painterly and darker, and it was kind of a Nicol Bolas over the city, and then. The other one was this kind of, again, like kind of um, profile view. And they went with that one. And I just uh, really wanted to make it, um, yeah, like feel like a story, storybook uh, kind of illustration, something that maybe, you know, um, the next generations on Ravnica would talk about it and it'd be in one of their, you know, tomes or something like that, you mm -hmm. know? Um, yeah, so that's, I hope that answers the question. But. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, now you mentioned we we mentioned just now that um, they they bought your play mats. Now you started you started a Kickstarter recently for your magic illustrations on play mats. Um, does that does that cover your entire catalog? Is it just uh, select pieces? Tell us a little bit about that. It's just select. Um, so the one that just wrapped up, at least, well that just, that closed recently was um, the second Kickstarter campaign. Mm -hmm. But I did a, a last year um, first one, and it's my most, um, I guess, popular pieces. Okay. Um, that people like. But then what I what I did in the Kickstarter is I would have them vote. You know, like I I, I would start the campaign with four unlocked artworks that mm -hmm. were going to be printed if we reached our goal. Um, but then as stretch goals, uh, I asked um, the players. Uh, for it to vote on which designs would want to be unlocked. So it's really fun, like, cause some, you know, like uh, this time um, my artwork for, uh, you know, MTG Online's uh, for Sterling Grove, like got unlocked. And that's some, an art piece I never thought I'd, you know, see on a playmat. Mm -hmm. um, and it was kind of cool that the, it's the fans and the, the players that are actually, you know, um, choosing basically which, which artwork get printed. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's really cool. Yeah. Okay. What prompted you to start the Kickstarter? Uh, it was, well, uh, I'm a filmmaker mm -hmm. as well, <laughs> or at least an aspiring filmmaker. Yep. I've, I've, I've been doing these short films and my dream is to make this, um, really epic, 
fantasy film called Confables, and I've been working on this project for whew, uh, over six years. Okay. And um, it came to a point when um, I was really uh, nothing was working. You know, like uh, as a first-time filmmaker, no one really wants to give you the money. People just kind of look at me and be like, "Why would I?" You know, you, I, you. It was really difficult to find any kind of support, um, mm-hmm. and I tried knocking on doors, and every, and then nothing was working. And so I decided, well, I'll try. You know, give it a shot by taking things to my own hands and and tried uh, reaching out to the MTG community. And, you know, I had seen um, like John Avon do a mm-hmm. super successful Kickstarter. And I was like, oh, well, if I, if I could only get a fraction of uh, what he made, like at least maybe I could start by, you know, start the whole process of making this feature film. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's really all, all the 100% of the profits um, from these campaigns are going directly to the production of, of the film and that's why i'm doing these campaigns you know it's really to, to finance the film and that's, that's why it's so incredible to see the the magic um like community uh you know yes of course everyone are they're getting a playmat but it's really to me it's much more than that it's really they're, they're really actually uh, making the film become real it's all mm-hmm. it's all, every person who's donated to that campaign you know, when the when the film eventually gets made and and hopefully it'll be you know playing in theaters and all this, then everyone who donated, you know, it's thanks to them that yeah. that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And besides googling Seb McKinnon Kickstarter, uh, is there an easy way for people to find find your Kickstarter? Um, I think that's the best way. To okay. Be googling kick, Seb McKinnon Kickstarter. Yeah. There you go. Google Seb McKinnon Kickstarter. Um, so I want to I want to talk through you know we've talked a lot about your art I want to I want to show some of it up and, and let you talk through more of it uh, and we'll we'll talk through this piece that we've got in the background right now which is Soul Herder uh, from uh, Modern Horizons recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what, I just talk about it. Or? Yeah, yeah, please. <laughs> um, yeah, well that one was really um, fun for me. It was a really, really, really fun piece. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was Cynthia Shepard again who um, gave that one to me, and it was they were asking again for. Um, I think it was it was pretty open. You know, they were open to kind of my take on this creature that would uh, grow in size mm-hmm. by exiling or something like that. And um, I knew right away I wanted to give it this kind of otherworldly horror vibe you mm-hmm. know um something that i tried to like something that even maybe our minds couldn't fully comprehend if you if you can do that in an illustration yeah um and so yeah again from this kind of chaotic process uh this figure emerged and the sun was its head and uh but his cape was tearing you know his body was tearing the fabric of reality forming a cape Mm-hmm. Uh, revealing like the, the space behind, you know. So it was, it was, um, yeah, it was really fun. I really enjoyed that piece nice. a lot. Yeah. Um, another piece that people have been talking out about a lot lately is your your stasis that that you did yeah. for Magic Online, and we have, I think, both uh, the final and a sketch. Uh, so what mm-hmm. was what was the concept here? That was pretty straightforward, you know, for the concept. Um, it, the art description actually called for, you know, a child picking um, a flower off, um, or picking picking flowers amidst uh, dead 
uh, or frozen soldiers locked in battle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really just kind of went uh, with what they asked for and um, I came up with this. And I, it, it's for me, it's still my favorite um, piece I've done mm-hmm. for Magic. And um, I really, really, really had a had a good time doing that one too. Um, and it's funny because people were um, comparing it to my Kim Fables project. Um, yeah, Skinny Fit was the same character, and and though it's not, but it, I remember while I was doing that illustration, I was also in pre-production for my latest short film I did, and it was, you know, the it, it featured a knight with kind of moss on his armor and uh, with a young fairy girl, you know, and um, it's uh, so I was in the same mindset, let's say, and uh, so I, I guess that's maybe why the similar similarities are there. Um, but yeah, I I, uh, I think. Yeah, it was really, it's my favorite piece uh, so far that I've done. That, that along with um, Angel's uh, Favor, I think, is it? I forget the name. Maybe. Maybe I I can't remember right now. Um, So for this one, one thing I noticed is between the sketch and the final, it looks like the final is a little bit more, more zoomed in. Uh, What's, what's the feedback process like once you send in a sketch and then it comes and then uh, stuff comes back. How, how much back and forth in, is there? Um, it really depends on the, on, on the piece. Um, mm-hmm. Usually with me, what happens is I, I pick up the whole time. Uh, like I submit the sketch mm-hmm. um, and then I don't, I, I give my, the final, like right on the deadline. <laughs> um, and, and then afterwards, um, the art director might come back and ask me to change a few things, you know, like I'm with growth spiral, growth spiral, for example, um, you know, Taylor, um, asked me to change the colors a bit and refine a few things. Um, in this case, in, in, in the case of stasis, um, there was no change really. I just, I, I the sketch was what I uh, proposed, mm-hmm. but then what happens sometimes is that when you're working on your, your final piece, you know, um, as you're rendering, things things could change slightly for and for, for me anyway for the better. You know, I, I, I you get a, a different idea of, of a pose. You know, you get a different idea. Like uh, for example, in the sketch of Stasis, the child is picking a flower off the shoulder of the knight, mm-hmm. right? Reaching up and picking the the flower from the shoulder. Um, but in the final, I thought it, it was way more. I don't know, like poetic or uh, impactful to have the child pick the flower off the sword that was piercing that night. Mm. So kill him. Um, so the 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 it changed the position of the of the child, you know, changed, mm-hmm. and so it changed with the piece, um, and that's why. And then yeah, I tried to make it a bit more claustrophobic, if you will, a little bit. You know, having knights kind of all around and mm-hmm. uh, making it feel like yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Now you also mentioned growth spiral, and we've got uh, we've got your sketches in the final from that as well. Um, mm-hmm. So so let's back up and talk about um, where you started with those sketches and how you ended up on the final. Yeah, so that one um, they were asking the art description was they were asking for something really um, like with a lot of spirals, a lot of um, uh, they, they sent a reference image. I forget. The specific name of the spiral, but it was kind of like it's like a geometrical phenomenon. I think that happens in nature sometimes, where it's like something gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller mm-hmm. in a spiral. 
and I just remember feeling really like, oof, that's going to be tough. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be really challenging to do. And so maybe in that first sketch, that's what it was going to be. It was going to be this kind of mage with all these kind of spirals and arches and all this kind of stuff happening around. Um, and I just felt, while I, I liked that sketch a lot, I, I felt maybe it was a bit too busy and it was going to, um, yeah, like it was, I, anyway, I, I proposed both and I'm happy that Taylor chose the second one, mm-hmm. um, which reflects more the, the final, um, and because I like the idea of, you know, having, you know, having the mage stand in water, have the water kind of become a whirlpool and the whirlpool becoming roots and then forming trees and then the trees forming the city, you know, as it arc, arcs or, uh, up upwards over the head. So it felt it felt more like it went with even the name of the card to me, you yeah. know, like growth, like to get the word growth and the, the meaning of growth into the card as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um Another cool image you posted. So you we you did uh, Chalice of the Void recently, uh, but you also posted a progress video on your Twitter that uh, I thought was pretty neat. So we're going to show that real quick, and you can talk over it if you like. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. So so talk about uh, start to finish on Chalice of the Void. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, well, I, I can't see the video playing, but um, that again, I, I think with, with why I showed that video is because maybe people could see the kind of chaotic mess. Um, you know, uh, that happens and how it's, it's really uh, maybe the, how I work with textures, hopefully like people could see that, how it's, and I, you know, it's really challenging though with digital art to maintain, um, those textures in the piece as you render, you mm-hmm. know? And so, um, I feel like I'm still learning myself, you know, how to, how to do that through, you know, different brush, brush techniques and blending brushes and things like this. Um, but yeah, and uh, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how much of a challenge is it to create art that translates to the size of a magic card? Because obviously these are blown up, these are these are gorgeous, you can see all the little details, uh, but obviously on a magic card it's much smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's always, I mean, you always have to keep in mind, keep that in mind, obviously. Um, and that's why I really like the opportunity to do pieces like, for example, going back, uh, Ventral Rebirth, where it's kind of like it's a um, like the strokes are more like bold, if you will, or there's kind of like dark, really dark darks in on on the you know with this around the sword, and mm-hmm. um, so I like doing that because I've noticed you know because when when, you, when I get my artist proofs as well, I can see you know you see your, your artwork on the card and. Um, I've kind of taken notice of that too. Like so sometimes I look at a card and be like, oof, like I could have maybe made this pop more a little mm-hmm. bit, you know? And, uh, so that's why some, I, I, I do like doing those kind of more bold, um, uh, kind of artworks every now and then, because it, I know that when the card's going to come out, it's going to be like, wow, it's going to look really nice. An example of that is, uh, the, um, uh, scheming symmetry, you know, with the, yep. Uh, lately, um, so I did something similar, but um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, we don't have the image for scheming symmetry up, but another of your core set cards, Blood for Bones, is a, mm. is a pretty popular card right now, especially in limited. Uh, okay. So let's look at that. Um, this one's got uh, ch- chat pointed out a few things that might have inspired you, but where where did this come from in your head? 
uh, again, the same um, chaotic process. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's it, the art description was, I think, again, it was pretty straightforward. So I just, I painted, it was it, this, some sort of exchange was supposed to happen with skeletons and um, a soul, mm-hmm. if you and at first, the, the I think again, I think I think it was Taylor, was, or or maybe Andrew was the art director on that one. I forget uh, just now. But mm-hmm. uh, the first final I submitted, there was no figure on the right side. It was actually just a little light, like a light, like kind of like a comet. Mm-hmm. And so that's another example of an art director, you know, coming in and making the piece better. You know, they suggested let's have let's make it more like a a being in in on on that side. And so, uh, thanks to that suggestion, it became that piece, you know, that we see now. Yeah. I've noticed that, yeah, that I often get skeleton or like. I was just gonna ask, <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking at the other list of cards that we have to to talk through with you, and it's like Force of Despair was skeleton, Soul Hoarder wasn't a skeleton, but it, you know, it had a very skeletal shape to it. Uh, Death Sprout's another card that we were gonna talk through that is. Uh, uh, it's not exactly a skeleton, but again, someone's dying in, in the yeah. picture. Uh, is that, do you, do you think they just go to you because you're good at that? Is that a preference you have? Um, I mean, I love it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm good with that, um, with the, those suggestions for sure. I, I really do enjoy that. I like, um, I think for me, I do like finding, um, yeah, like, um, something beautiful um, in, like you know, in darkness in mm-hmm. a way. You know, like it's. Uh, I try to to get that emotion through in my pieces, and I think as an artist, is the is the subject. Um, I like both. You know, I like having both together in mm-hmm. in a piece if I can, and maybe that's what they're picking up on. You know, when they when the art directors are giving me these pieces. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't mind. I I enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Let's put Death Sprout up on the screen so people can see that. Um, Seb, who are who are some of your inspirations when it comes to either just art generally or magic art? Art general? Well, well. I mean, there's a lot. Art <laughs> generally, like filmmakers and musicians, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Um, but in terms of magic art, I, I guess we could talk about uh, <laughs> the the pieces that I really liked maybe growing up. With that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I mean, going back to my, in, when I was a kid with my binder, mm-hmm. I would have cards like, um, I think the, uh, Rebecca Gway was like, um, yeah, a first, like my first, uh, when I looked at the card, I was really blown away and really had it again, like this kind of emotional connection to, uh, her artwork. Um, and like, for me, it was like Elvin Cash. Mm-hmm. I remember very specifically, I had that card um, and I really liked it a lot. And I tried, when I started playing, I tried to, no, I always had it in my deck because yeah. I was always happy when I pulled it up. Um, and then, you know, so that's, that's you know, there's, her artwork is so, um, there's a lot of emotion in her artwork and it's so beautiful and so, you know, and, and because I was also a watercolor kind of artist at first, you know, that's what, how I kind of got into painting. It was through watercolors. I know she works, she worked a lot in watercolors so it was really, really, really nice, you know, and I, I really found a lot of inspiration mm-hmm. um, with her work. 
Um, but then there were other ones too. And to, like uh, to bring up another watercolor artist who's a one of my uh, idols um, is John J. Muth. Okay. And he did um, Fog Fog Elemental. Elemental, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's so simple and yet so good. <laughs> you know, and I think, and I think that's what what uh, well, that's what I like about the medium, the watercolor medium. Sometimes you can be very bold, and like if you look at the way the trees are painted, you know, and how the face is just so simple, and how it's just kind of this, you know, it's a patch of white with a face, and it's it works so well, and I I uh, really like that piece a lot. Um, and then I also like the more darker artwork too. Um, I liked cards like. Um, uh, Feast of the Unicorn, mm-hmm. which scared me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the piece by Dennis uh, Detweiler. Yes, yeah, yeah. And um, I really thought, you know, I, I, yeah, it was fear. I felt afraid and sad uh, for the unicorn, mm-hmm. actually. And, and there's that, um, I'm trying to see it in my mind's eye, like the, the, there's, I think there's one face kind of laughing with these teeth, like he's biting into it. And, mm-hmm its teeth are dirty and it's just i felt so sorry for the unicorn and really disturbed me yeah. but i liked it you know it it, it told a story really well mm-hmm. you know um what else uh well here we know. can bring up uh because you sent me a list i'm not i'm not going to pretend like this is all a surprise to me um <laughs> <laughs> you sent uh lost soul by randy asplund oh yeah yeah so that uh I, what i liked about that one was uh the environment Mm -hmm. you know like this kind of swamp environment first of all like the setting the mood of it was really cool and i i kind of usually like even in real life like just going exploring swamps that look like that there are a lot of in canada you know that's why i spent my childhood and going and exploring these kind of swampy areas Mm -hmm. um and uh I liked this the the how it was not over the top, you know, like to have this kind of female figure uh, just draped in a white veil, you know, was so again it's a it's an elegant uh, kind of way to portray this lost soul character, and that is at once uh, beguiling and very like you'd you'd want to go to her, you know, kind of, but then there's also that a bit like that terror aspect uh, on the side, you know, that, that, that's kind of like, you don't know if you could trust her or not. Mm-hmm. So again, that, that, that kind of duality between, um, you know, beauty and danger, you know, is something that I, I liked a lot in that piece. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the next one you sent was uh, pacifism by Robert bliss. And this is one of my favorites too. Uh, this is oh. around the time that I started playing and um, the, the artwork works, the, the flavor text works, it's just mm. the whole piece works really well together. Yeah, I, it was, that, that one was like how, again, like this, this how bold um, the style was. Mm-hmm. And how, again, it was, I, I was actually afraid of that character, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I, I could imagine if, if you know, if, if he stopped, he's like, he's, he's, you know, been pacified. Imagine what he looks like when he's not. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like, it'd be, you know, I imagine this like, kind of really vi- like berserker. And, and then to have like the, the, the little deer as well, like on the side, and how it's like, it's, I don't know, it's just the, the whole piece comes together really, really nicely. And it, 
um, when I would play it, you know, like because I because as a kid I was like afraid of it. I was afraid of that character, but then to ha to have him pacified, it, I don't know, it just really worked well when you played that spell, you know, yeah. as during a game. You really the emotion was was very strong. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the things I liked about this piece too is that you know we've reprinted pacifism a, a bunch of times with a ton mm. of different artists taking different passes at it, uh, but the the kind of sense of the, the light sense of humor um, has carried through, and not all of the pieces, but this piece sort of originated what pacifism feels like, where it's slightly silly, but mm -hmm. you definitely don't want that character to wake up. Right, exactly, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Jesper Asian um, did a really... Uh, great one recently, no? For pacifism, he did like that. Yeah, I think so. Thing. Yeah, yeah, that was really well done too. Yeah, yeah. we don't have that one unfortunately. Um, but the next one you sent in was from the very earliest set. The uh, and, a, and a lot of people love this piece of art, uh, the Terror by Ron Spencer. Oh yeah, yeah. That again for like that kind of bold look at like the negative space that was used, you know, mm -hmm. and having him really up in the corner. Um, uh, it works so well in the eye. Again, I, I think it's just a piece that that really scared me as a kid when mm -hmm. I saw it. And I and I how it, I think like with this list, it's like it's all the pieces that I I looked at and felt a really strong emotional reaction to. Mm -hmm. um, and in a way, you know, like I uh, f like for my piece, uh, Bedevil. You know, I I i tried to do a bit the same thing in a way you know like with the character hiding her face in the corner mm -hmm. you know I, I just like like what it, as i you know started studying illustration too you know and i I'd go back to my old deck and look at the cards i'd be like wow like that was actually really brilliant what he did mm -hmm. you know, having the character up in the corner like that um with all this darkness around um so yeah it worked well yeah, I'm glad you brought up your devil because that's been a card that a, a lot of people in chat have mentioned as as being among their favorite pieces of art so uh, next, uh, so this one, this one, talking about your emotional response, I imagine your emotional response to this one was the exact opposite of Feast of the Unicorn. So Regal Unicorn by Zena Saunders. Yeah. A <laughs> little, bit, little bit happier piece here. Happier piece. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful painting on its own, mm -hmm. you know, just like that. Um, again, very simple, nothing too over the top. It's just a unicorn, but drawn really well. And painted really well, um, but for that one, it's the flavor text. Um, that's why I like that artwork so much. It's just because it's my favorite flavor text uh, on any card, and I don't know why. It's a bit. Um, do you remember? Yeah, the, do you remember the flavor text? I don't know what it is. Oh, it's like it's something like uh, unicorns don't believe, don't care if you believe in them as much as you care if you they believe in you. Something okay. like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but um, I don't know why I always like that flavor text, and it kind of stuck with me. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was going to say, this piece of the ones you said were your inspirations, the other ones are all kind of, they're moody, I would say, and this yeah. one is, is far lighter. Right, yeah. But that's why I think I, I do find my inspiration is through uh, the mood of things. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it's... If you, you you can go on these amazing you know inner journeys if you follow that thread like that mood and um, yeah so. okay makes sense uh, last one is actually it, it's funny because I I remember this piece of artwork very vividly as well 
even though the card it's on is, is not a terribly impressive card. Uh, but Quentin Hoover's Tundra Wolves, yeah. um, that, that art, it does. It just it stands out to you. It stands out. Um, I like the, the use of the, like the black lines. Um, mm -hmm. But also, again, it's the, you know, as, as a kid, I, you know, there, there, there's a park um, like a, near uh, my family's uh, cottage where you can go and drive through it and see these Canadian animals. And mm -hmm. as a kid, we do that a lot. And there, there, there'd be the wolf section. And um, I, I guess that card just reminded me a lot of, uh, of that and became like a kind of, you know, there was a, a childhood connection to that art piece. But I also like... Again, like if you imagine you're you discovering that um, that scene and stumbling upon you know the carcass of a, a, a caribou, you know something like that, which is something I've also like experienced. Like I've like walked <laughs> in the forest and found um, the bot, like the carcass of a deer half eaten, mm. and I I knew the night before wolves had come and you know um, eaten it. So welcome um, to Canada. <laughs> Yeah. So, and then, uh, then also, what I like about that piece is just the, that one wolf looking at you, looking at the viewer. Yeah. You know, that, that's why I like that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, so we've got about 15 minutes left, so I want to make sure that we get to some questions. So, uh, chat. Yeah. If you've got more questions, put them in chat. I've been writing them down. Um, and uh, do, 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 there's another one. So let's start with uh, this. This one's pretty simple and straightforward. Do you have a favorite color or colors in Magic uh, to create art for? I think uh, black and white. Okay, would be my favorite. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there any next question? Is there any uh, lore in Magic that you particularly enjoy? Um, yes. Well, like the the lore win. Um, you know, setting and the the stories in there were very inspiring to me because again, like I, I, I've read up a lot on you know Celtic folklore and you know Scottish and Irish legends, and I always liked that. And you know, like uh, Una was is my favorite you know legendary creature. Um, so that lore, the whole lore behind Lorwyn is something I really like a lot. Okay. Um, and then, but maybe more closer to me, like the the stories that were coming out around um, Aminatu. Aminatu. Mm -hmm. um, I was really happy, like when she ended up, you know, being, you know, lore-wise, someone very, very powerful. I didn't know she'd be that powerful um, when I was doing the piece. So, if we could explore more of, of her story, you know, I'd love to. There's a lot of mystery to me around her character, and I'd love to to know more about her. You know, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. Okay. Um, related to that, uh, so Aminatu is a planeswalker. Are there any other planeswalkers that already exist that you'd like to take a crack at drawing? Um, that already exist. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, Ashiok is pretty cool, mm -hmm. super cool. But then, I mean, that'd be a hard act to follow. Like with what Carla Ortiz did the first one, mm -hmm. I think, and Cynthia Shepard did so. another amazing piece. And I was like, "Ooh, uh, those paintings are so good." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe him. Um, um, yeah, probably that one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one person in chat asked if you had seen the Ristic Studies video on your work. Yes, of course. Yeah. What'd you think uh, of it? I mean, incredible. Um, and I, I, I really want to. 
do a shout out to Sam um, because um, I think thanks to him, uh, a lot of people know more about my work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's thanks to his video that uh, people just maybe started paying attention more to what I, I was doing. And, and, and this goes for all the other artists that he's done, you know, videos for. Um, he brings, he's so good. His videos are so, so, so well done. Mm-hmm. And I really, I mean, when he, when he told me he was going to do one on, on me, I was just over the moon. I was just really like, I was really happy. Um, and he's just a really nice guy too. And he's really, I mean, his, his insight on, on, I mean, artwork in general and all that, it's really quite, uh, fascinating mm-hmm. and, and able to see. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. So I, everyone should go check out his, uh, YouTube uh, videos for sure. They're, they're really, really well, well done. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's Ristic studies on YouTube. Um, Next up, uh, do you have any, uh, when you start a piece, do you ever set out with a particular goal or a challenge for yourself in mind? Um, sometimes. Uh, again, I, I, at the beginning, I try, I always try to keep a blank mind, you know. Um, but I knew if we can, if I was to take an example, well, uh, Angel. Angel, Angel's favorite. I forget, I forget the name. I, I made a mistake on Twitter. I put, I think I call it angelic blessing, but it's not that. I don't know why I keep forgetting the angel's favor. I think it was where there's there's like a that was just recently for Modern Horizons. Mm-hmm. Um, the you know the the angel coming down and 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 giving this knight a kiss on 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 his on his head. Um, I knew from the get-go for that piece, I really want to try something different, maybe not different, but like I really want to, you know, um, I'm a huge fan of the pre- Pre-Raphaelites, you know, so uh, John Water- uh, Waterhouse, uh, all his work is so inspiring to me. And I really, from the get-go, when I got the art description, I was like, finally a card that I can try to, you know, channel that uh, mm-hmm. Pre-Raphaelites, uh, you know, through through this one. So. In that case, yes, uh, I had that was my goal for that piece. Yeah, very cool. Um, okay, speaking of inspirations, we've had a couple different questions about if you're, are you a fan of this person? So I'm just gonna, I'm gonna list off some names and see if you're a oh, fan yeah. of this person. Okay. <laughs> uh, Swedish, Le- I don't know if they're a legend or not. I honestly don't know the name, so I could be walking into a trap here. Uh, Swedish, Swedish legend John Bauer. Yeah. Of course, yes, for sure. Um, that's even in the Ristic Studies video. I sent uh, Sam the you know artists that have inspired me, and mm-hmm. that was one of them for sure. I have I actually have um, one of the the old Swedish fairy tale book um, that he illustrated. Okay. And uh, yeah, really, 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 really love his work a lot. I know John Bauer. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna butcher these names. Uh, what about Hieronymus Bosch? Of course. Okay. Studied him in uh, in school. All right. Uh, Peter Bruegel. Uh, oh wow, that rings a bell. Can I? I. I might know him from the artwork. Can I just look it up? Maybe. Yeah, look it up. And while you're looking it up, here these are easy ones. What about Da Vinci or Rembrandt? Of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I didn't know about Bruegel. Okay. No. 
but I can see it, it's very similar to what Bosch was doing. Okay, makes yeah. sense. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is okay. I think that's all the inspirations for now. Uh, we did have somebody ask a non-magic question about. Uh, you mentioned that you worked on Rainbow Six. Were there any characters you specifically had a hand in developing? Unfortunately, not. Okay. Um, I was an environmental artist, gotcha. so I was painting uh, environments for that game. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, do you listen to anything while you're uh, working? No, I don't, um, and the reason bec is because if I do, um, I, my painting doesn't advance um, okay. because my mind goes elsewhere with mm -hmm. the music. I get a lot of ideas through by listening to music and actually making my own music, um, and that's why I, I've tried before, and I, I, I just, um, sometimes it's, again, like I, I, I really paint from, it's a feeling, and sometimes if you're listening to another piece of music and it doesn't jam with the feeling that you're supposed to be conveying in your piece, there's um, a disconnect there, so it, it kind mm -hmm. of uh, takes me out of it. So I usually work in silence. I, I realized I've, um, I make, I do my best work when I'm, I work in silence. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you ever go to magic fests? Uh, in the past, I was invited to a few, and um, I haven't been invited um, to, I'm not, I'm not sure how that works usually. I don't know if, if you're supposed to, as an artist, like put in, uh, like, uh, tell them, like reach out to them that you are interested. Mm -hmm. Um, but my, I think the last one I did was years ago and I was invited to Prague and that was amazing to, mm -hmm. to be part of the experience. Um, so that was, yeah, I haven't been to one in a long time. Okay. <laughs> if you're interested, I know the people, so I'll, I'll, Great. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll shoot an email, do an introduction. Okay. Um, how much time do you normally spend on a piece? Well, that really depends. Mm -hmm. It really, really depends. Um, depends on the style as well you're going for. Like I, if you look at a, a again, like a, so like a piece like Soul Herder versus um, uh, Scheming Symmetry, you know, they're not the same. And one requires more rendering time than the other, you know. Um, but then again, sometimes you know, to come up with the initial idea takes more time than the rendering. You know, like you'll, I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll open my, my, you know, you open Photoshop, blank canvas, and you're there trying things out, and nothing works for the day. Mm -hmm. You know, that happens um, a lot. <laughs> yeah. So then you have to go, like, kind of okay. Well, tomorrow's a new day, and you try to come up with a new, a new thing. Um, but in general, uh, it's it's really hard to tell. Sometimes it's like you could do something in two days, and then sometimes a week, and then sometimes um, I like to take a break. Like I'll work for you know five days on a piece, and then not look at it for a good week, mm -hmm. and then keep the deadline in mind, and then go back and then touch it up on the very last day, and then maybe you see some you, you see it with fresher eyes. You know? Yeah. So it, it's 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 hard to gauge. Okay. Um, what do you paint when you're just painting for yourself and not working on a project? Uh, usually I'm on my Kin Fables project. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, like to give an, an idea, like I, you know, I, I'm in pre-production for it, you know, right now, thanks to the, again, the Kickstarter campaigns and everyone who's, who's donated. Um, but the team right now is just me. And I, when you do a film, you have to storyboard your film. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So I'm doing that. So whatever, whenever I have free time, I have to go in and I'm drawing all the storyboards of the film and thinking of my shots and which is, which is really, um, it takes up so much energy, mm-hmm. you know, to do. Yeah. Um, so sometimes, uh, it's, it's hard, it's hard to kind of like go from a magic commission right away to a storyboard. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you need, I need to take some breaks. <laughs> yeah. Um, what magic card that you worked on had the most challenging concept for you? Oh man. Oh wow. Um, I think they're I'm trying to think. I think that they're more or less all the same. Mm. You know, like it, it's 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 funny because um, when you start a new piece well at least when i start a new piece there's always this fear <laughs> like this the, this anxiety mm-hmm. before because you don't know if you're going to come up with a cool idea and it, and it's it's always there and it's i it's a very specific feeling and it's always like you have to kind of ignore it or or just fight it you you take it head on and then you work through it and then eventually that you cut, there's like a barrier that you break mm-hmm. or, or then there's an idea that just arrives. And then you, there's a, this wave of like, whew, okay, I still got it. I still, I can still do this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. But they all have their own separate challenges. You know, like it's, it's not, there's not one piece I think that's more difficult than the other. Um, maybe again, when it comes more to rendering, if it, the more something is rendered, and, and, and has to be precise and you have to think of the lighting and you have to think of the, how the shapes form and all this kind of stuff. That for sure is, is way more um, challenging um, than the pieces where I'm allowed to, for example, eventual rebirth, just like work with bolder, you know, textures and, and symbols and, and line work. Um, mm-hmm. That those are relatively easier pieces to do than more rendered. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Last three questions. That's all we got time for. We may we'll, we'll get through it. Um, would you ever do art for a graphic novel or comic? Yes, absolutely. And I've actually started already um, for my Kin Fables project. Hmm. It's it, that project is, is a re, it's a multimedia. Um, it's a, I'm trying to I'm I'm world building. You know, like I yeah. it's uh, it's uh, I do all the music for it under the name Clan. Um, I do the uh, the graphic novel I'm working on it you can actually find on the King Fables website uh, like a sneak peek of what it looks like mm-hmm. um, and uh, I'm doing the the film you know and uh, it, I really want it to be this kind of art, art, artistic fantasy project that encompasses music and paintings and graphic novels and all this kind of stuff so it's really exciting so yes I am working on the graphic novel okay very cool um, well that that answers in part the second to last question, at least. Uh, what are you working on now? That project. That. Outside of that, yeah, outside, when, I, when I'm not doing magic commissions. Yep. Or you know, every now and then I get a, a, a directing job, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I like doing commercials or things like this. Um, but I'm working on Kin Fables uh, whenever I have spare time. And it's, it's, uh, it's becoming more and more real thanks to these Kickstarter campaigns. Mm-hmm. And I just can't wait to be able to say, you know, we're going and we're shooting. You know, there's still a lot of work that has to be done before then. Yep. Um, you know, trying to balance everything else in your life. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm working on King Fables. Very cool. 
All right, last question. If you could tell an aspiring magic artist something, what would it be? That's a good question. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think one is just draw as much as you can. Mm -hmm. um, like, actually make an effort to carry a sketchbook and record the world around you. Um, at, at all times, like, you know, like when you're on the bus or when you're waiting for something or, you know, you're waiting for your food at the restaurant. Like I, you, I always have a sketchbook on me and it, mm -hmm. it kind of, it helps, um, train your eye, you know, because when, when you, when you're, when you're drawing in a sketchbook, things that you're observing, you know, you, it's, um, you start paying attention to the world mm -hmm. a lot more. And not only when it comes to drawing, you know, you, you, you pay attention to the way a, the light hits a leaf, you know, or you pay attention to the shape of a, a vase, you know, like, and, and, and how things work. So that's really important. And then I, the second piece of, of advice I would give would be to um, draw the things that you love um, and that you're really, really, really passionate about, because that comes through in a, in a, in a, a piece. Mm -hmm. Um and especially if they want to be a magic artist, then, you know, you have to you like draw, drawing fantasy things. Yeah. You know, obviously. Yeah. I think an art director, when, you know, if they're looking at portfolios and that passion is uh, palpable, you know, you could actually pick it out. You could you could you could see it in, in a in a, like a spread of illustrations. So you can kind of tell like the one where it's like there's raw, pure passion, on you know. Yeah. So. To all artists, I mean, all artists, I think, are very passionate to begin with, but you ha you should just really channel that and really like kind of harness it. Really go to the, you know, the most you can, like to the furthest extent of your passion mm -hmm. um, on your painting. Yeah. Great advice. Well, that is all the time we have. We're actually over by a couple minutes, but uh, Seb, thank you so much for joining us for answering so many questions from the fans. Um, Again, if you want to check out Seb McKinnon's Kickstarter, the best way to do it is to Google Seb McKinnon Kickstarter. Um, and you have all kinds of play mats uh, from, from your magic art. Um, and then also reminder that SDCC is this weekend, and we are showing off a bunch of art from Throne of Eldraine at Mark Rosewater's panel, 6.30 to 7.30 p.m., we will be live tweeting that panel. And yes, Seb McKinnon does have some art that will be shown off during that panel. So make sure yep. So make sure you follow uh, at wizards underscore magic and we'll be showing off all of that art, including uh, if I'm remembering correctly, it's at least one piece from Seb, might be two. Um, so look forward to that this Saturday. Uh, next week on Weekly MTG, what are we doing? We're doing something. Oh, we have an announcement about Magic Story, actually. We're, we're sticking in the, the art side of things. So we're going to talk about Magic Fiction and uh, a little bit of new information about that that you might learn a little bit about this weekend as well. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Seb, for joining us. 